Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRack Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host for this hour. And with me for this segment from 538, great site, and uh, author of a great, great piece on the hot hand in baseball, uh, Rob Arthur. Uh, so, Rob, thank you so much for uh, joining me for the segment. Thank you for inviting me on. Uh, well, uh, I've got a lot of questions about this piece, and uh, it's uh, you know when I read it, I just thought, well, this is this is potential gold here for people who play fantasy sports. Um, but uh, you know, before we kind of dig into the uh, you know the nitty gritty of the piece, how did you uh, decide to uh, actually embark on this research? Well, it was something that we were chasing for actually about a year now. Um, we, we both had this notion that hot streaks kind of, they must be real because if you talk to athletes, they're obviously, almost all of them will tell you that sometimes they feel like they're in the zone and then other times they feel like they're out of sorts. And that kind of goes not just for athletes, but for pretty much anyone. I mean, everybody has those days where they feel like they're really dragging at work and they're not doing as well. And then other days where everything's kicking on all cylinders and they're at they're, yeah, peak performance. So it was one of those things where we felt like it must be real, but we had to figure out how to show that it was. So that was where we got this idea of using a different uh, model to look into it. And that, that was kind of the key thing that uh, made the research possible. Okay. And and by the way, I'm sorry, I did not give credit to your co-author, Greg Matthews. So, uh, uh, great, you know, great piece uh, by, by the both of you. And, um, the research, I mean, there, there's so much uh, information there. There's a really terrific visualization that I want to talk about a little bit uh, in, a, in a few minutes. But one of the uh, facts that you unearthed was that the typical pitcher has 57 streaks, both hot and cold, over the course of the season. And so, you know, if you do the math, uh, obviously, it's they're not they're not long. The typical ones aren't long. Uh, and the piece says that the the change from hot to cold uh, in terms of fastball velocity. Um, usually happens after about 24 pitches. So um, actually two things I feel like I kind of skipped over one of the premises here. You focused on fastball velocity as, uh, as a measure of being hot or cold. Yeah. So why, why, why that measure? Well, uh, that, was, that was important because fastball velocity is very consistent, and it's really only a product of the pitcher himself, right? It's not coming from the offense that he's facing or anything else. It's just the, the product of simply how, how fast can he throw the ball. Um, so it's also really significant, obviously, for pitching well in, in MLB. I mean, study after study has shown that even just one mile per hour of fastball velocity can move a starter's ERA by something like uh, a third of a run. So if a starter is throwing, you know, even a mile per hour faster, that he becomes a very different pitcher. I don't think it's just related to the fastball either, right? Like there's the old adage that uh, everything in a pitcher's arsenal is set up by his fastball. I think that's true. You know, when a pitcher's throwing just a little bit harder, it makes all of his other pitches more difficult to see. So we narrowed in on it because it was both consistent and really important for a pitcher's success. Okay, yeah, and uh, you know we can talk about the uh, ex- kind of the extremities in terms of you know how much uh, a pitcher can vary between their, their hot version and the cold version. But in terms of duration, so the average duration is actually really short. Uh, you know, a lot of pitchers, yeah. a lot of starting pitchers, throw a lot more than twenty four fastballs in the start. So, how common are the hot and cold streaks 
that fantasy owners or fans just in general would care about that might you know carry over just to give you an example uh in the previous segment uh talked about two pitchers who are very hot right now blake snell and miguel gonzalez blake snell's on on a six game hot streak so how how unusual is that it's pretty unusual, but uh, we have to be careful here about which pitcher we're talking about. So overall in our data, about 1% of the streaks were longer than 100 fastballs, which would be about two starts. So not didn't happen very often, but it happened much more often to some pitchers than it did to others. So I'm looking at the data right now, and I can tell you Jake Peavy, about 20% of his streaks were longer than 100 pitches, so lasted for multiple starts. Um, someone like... Uh, Justin Verlander, though, he had very few streaks. He had actually no streaks that were longer than 100 pitches. So uh, it really matters a lot which which guy you're looking at in terms of their streaks. Yeah, well, and uh, that, that becomes very clear. Like I said, there's a visual included in the piece. And uh, you can tell just by, you know, by looking at the visual that there's um – uh, you know, horizontal line that shows, you know, sort of the bottom end and the, and the bottom end of the cold streak and, the, and then the top end of the hot streak. And you write about um, Cole Hamels in the piece and his his streaks seem to be, the hot and cold streaks seem to be pretty severe. Taiwan Walker, I also noticed mm-hmm. from the visualization, uh, seems to have extremes. And, and if, you know, anybody who's played fantasy for, you know, even a year or two knows Tywin Walker is exceptionally streaky. Uh, but then Marcus Stroman and Jimmy Nelson in particular uh, stood out as pitchers that even, I mean, I could see it with low velocity pitchers where the baseline isn't as high. So maybe the streaks aren't as great, but Stroman and Nelson are, were sort of moderate among the sample you looked at in terms of velocity. And yet they were very, very stable. So were there any variables that, that, uh, uh, seem to you know, co- uh, correlate or, or uh, coincide with um, those different degrees of stability and streakiness. Yeah, yeah I, there were two that popped out to me just when I was looking over the list. I think one was injuries, guys that had uh, either nagging or severe injuries that took that put them on the disabled list. Those guys seem to have bigger differences between their hot and their cold states. And one of the things we found in the article was that we were actually picking up a lot of times uh, on injuries that were uh, I, that were that had happened, but weren't severe enough to put a player out of action yet. So a lot of times before a disabled list, and a guy would go on on a cold streak for two weeks, for example, and that would be really predictive of the fact that something was really wrong with them, and they were going to end up on the disabled list. And I think those those streaks tended to be more severe in terms of the uh, magnitude of the velocity loss. So they tended to really show vastly reduced um, fastball speeds. Um, and then the other thing w- that popped out to me, and you know, I'm, I'm not an expert by any means in pitching mechanics, but I think that some of the guys I looked at just anecdotally that had the least uh, difference between their hot and their cold fastballs had the most consistent mechanics. So you mentioned a couple mm-hmm. of Stroman and Nelson, but one that really stuck out to me was Clayton Kershaw. Um, Kershaw is, you know, sort of this ultra consistent pitcher when he's on. And basically there was no difference between, there was essentially no difference between his hot and his cold streaks. Um, so I, I look at guys like that and I, I see that they are, uh, you know, pitching very repeatedly. And to me, it makes sense that, uh, they wouldn't have a big difference between when they're on and they're off because they, they're just always repeating their delivery exactly correctly versus guys right. like maybe Jay Carrietta where he uh-huh. has trouble repeating it. Yeah, you'd expect yeah. him to see maybe some difference. Yeah, and and you know we've seen that for the last uh, I think more than 
than 12 months who maybe last 13, 14 months or so with Arietta. So that, that really fits the, fits the pattern pretty well. Uh, now, here's the key thing. And this is something, Rob, that I, I say probably, if not every show, probably every other show on average, which is when, you know, I, I talk about the topic of playing the hot hand uh, or, or, you know, trying to deal with a, a hot or cold streaky player is that you, you can't yeah. tell when those streaks are going to begin and end. Somebody says, oh, well, I'm going to play so-and-so. You know, I'm going to start Blake Snell this week because he's been hot. Well, how do you know that this next start is the beginning of the cold streak? But in the piece, you say that there actually is a way to tell. So, Yeah. Yeah, the, the key thing is not to look at their performance. Just throw that right out the window. It doesn't matter if they struck out 10 guys in the last start and then and walked nobody. Don't don't worry about it. Look at their fastball velocity. If they're starting to throw lower than their season-long average, then you need to be worried. Even if they're doing fine, uh, there's just so much noise in performance. You know, there's a lot that can happen on a given day. One of the examples from talking to some Cubs pitchers is if the wind is blowing in in Wrigley and you're – uh, facing a fly ball heavy lineup, maybe you'll be fine even if you're allowing lots of hard contact and not doing as well as you normally do. So don't don't look at performance at all. Focus in on that fastball velocity. And what we've found is that if you do that and you look for these uh, streaks where their fastball velocities are lower, you'll see that they actually perform um, up to about 0.8 runs, uh, worth, runs worth of ERA lower than you would expect them to if they're in a cold streak right before they begin to start. So that's the key. Don't don't worry about performance. Look at fastball velocity. So if there's a, a start that a pitcher makes where the, the numbers aren't good, the surface numbers aren't good, but we see an uptick in velocity, so that would be the time to jump on that pitcher? Yeah, I think that's when they're going to be most undervalued, right? Because if you're competing with a bunch of guys that are looking at performance, then they're going to say this guy is, is actually riding a cold streak, and that's not true. Um, if, if their fastball velocity really is up, and of course you got, you got to be careful, right? you got to look for other things as well. I mean, if their fastball velocity is up, but um, their curveball break is way down, then you know maybe that should give you some hesitation. But if their fastball velocity is up and everything else seems to be the same, the results will follow that increase in fastball velocity because that's kind of the indicator that they are on at that moment. Even if, they're, okay. even if their performance isn't matching up. Okay, and we've got just about a minute left here, but I have to ask this because it just, uh, reading the piece, it just really uh, stuck out to me. There's obviously so many other things that, that factor into pitcher performance, which you just alluded to. Uh, is there any uh, research out there or research that maybe you're going to embark on to look at the impact of movement or location, uh, spin rate, things like that on uh, streakiness? Yeah. It's something that we're going to delve into more after this initial piece, and, and I can tell you, actually, we're doing this research right now, and I can tell you that when a pitcher is um, on in terms of their speed of their fastball velocity, we actually see that, for example, the break on their curveball is a little bit higher than it would normally be. So it does seem like even this increase in fastball velocity is predicting also um, better, better effectiveness with their breaking pitches. All right. Well, uh, Rob, thank you so much. Uh, this is just going to reshape the whole rest of the show for me and how I do analysis. So, anyways, Rob, thank you so much for taking the time uh, for coming on the show and uh, uh, love your work at 538. So, thanks very much. Thanks for the opportunity.